Welcome to the Making Music with Jake Haas podcast. This episode marks a special occasion because it's the 100th episode. I started this podcast at the beginning of 2016, and now I'm just past the four-year anniversary of putting this out. It's been a blast sharing what I'm working on with you musically and collaborating with guests and a lot of fun. I thought a lot about what I wanted to do for the 100th episode to make it special, so I decided I would talk about sort of my journey as a musician and how creating music has evolved for me over the years. Hopefully it gives some insight into why I do what I do and maybe it will be of some help to you as you travel on your own creative journey. So here goes. My love for music started as a kid listening to classical music, which probably came out of watching cartoons. My favorite composers were Beethoven and Mozart. I loved all their arrangements and melodies, and especially the song Fur Elise. I started taking piano lessons around age eight and also joined my school orchestra the same year playing violin. After a few years of lessons, I entered a school contest called Reflections, where I submitted my first fully formed instrumental song on the piano. I was about age 13 or 14. Here's the recording I submitted. It's called Turned Away. Around this time, I started listening to The Beatles a lot. There was a TV special called The Beatles Anthology, which got me into them, along with dusting off my parents' old records. After being a fan for a few years, I eventually bought a nylon string guitar specifically so I could learn Beatles songs. I went online and read a lot of tutorials on how to play chords and kind of pieced together a basic knowledge of how to play. Eventually, I started to write my own songs with words, which sounded an awful lot like Beatles knockoffs. Around this time, in addition to playing violin in our school orchestra, I also started playing piano in our junior high school jazz band. I thought it was a good move to bridge my knowledge of piano and guitar together. I listened to some of the jazz greats like Thelonious Monk and Charles Mingus. I learned about scales and improvising, chord structure, and progressions. It was a really good foundational knowledge. I ended up starting a rock band with some friends I met through the jazz band. We were called Made in the Shade and played together for about three years. We were influenced by many of the alternative and emo bands at the time, like Sunny Day Real Estate, Hum, and Built to Spill. We played dozens of shows all over Tacoma and Seattle area where I grew up and recorded a series of demos until eventually self-releasing a full album followed by an EP. One of our songs made it to the regular rotation playlist of a local college radio station. It's called Daydream, and here it is.
As is the fate of many high school bands, we broke up after graduation when we all split off to different colleges. I ended up moving to Utah and attending BYU. I quickly put up a post on a bulletin board looking to start a new band. 
I ended up recruiting a couple guys with similar music tastes, and we started Declaration. We played a handful of shows around Provo for about a year, recorded a demo, and then took a break. Like many Mormon boys at that age, I put in my papers to serve as a missionary. I ended up getting called to serve for two years in New York City, and it was one of the best experiences of my life. But while I was waiting to go, I ended up recording an acoustic album of songs I had written over the years that didn't quite fit with a rock band. I think I mostly wanted to leave something behind for my family to listen to while I was gone. Here's a track from that album called Ocean.
So then I left for my mission. I taught people the gospel and did community service in many hospitals, nursing homes, and food pantries. It was great. I didn't have a guitar, but during my days off, not wanting to let my creativity die, I went over to the church and played the piano. Over that time period, I wrote several songs, some with words, some were just instrumentals. Here's one of the songs I wrote, which was inspired by a person I met at a hospital who passed away. It's called Invisible. The ghosts between the walls appear and fill the empty space All in all it's still the same Plastic toys and roller coasters, Coney Island running in my brain All in all it's still the same After coming home from my mission, I got right back to college at BYU and reformed my band Declaration. I wrote some new songs influenced by some of the up-and-coming indie bands of the time, like Death Cab for Cutie and Arcade Fire. Around the same time of restarting the band, I also landed an internship at a music venue called Muse Music, which led to becoming manager. I later borrowed some money, bought the business, and became owner. Keep in mind, I was still in college, double majoring in sound recording and advertising, and also getting married, so these were pretty busy times. But all this was super helpful experience. I was able to learn skills and concepts from school and apply it directly to recording music and promoting my band and business. The other huge plus is BYU actually offered scholarships to people who ran their own business, so I was able to have my tuition taken care of for a full year. One of the things I did as business owner was build out a vacant spot in our building to include a recording studio. I ended up recording dozens of artists who were usually bands who played shows in the venue. Occasionally, I was recruited to play drums and other instruments on these recordings. It was a very helpful and beneficial experience to brush up on my recording and producing chops. Being the venue owner also allowed my band to get on the same bill as some of the popular local bands of the time, including Neon Trees, who went on to become a well-known national act, and also open for some of my favorite indie bands as they came through town, such as the Appleseed Cast, Monomena, and 31 Knots. Much like my high school band, my time with Declaration ended when band members graduated from college and moved away. Through our run, we recorded two albums and played over 60 shows. It was a blast, and I'll always cherish those memories. Here's one of my favorite songs from the band called The Ghost.
So the last thing I needed to do for college was an internship. I ended up landing an unpaid global marketing internship with Sony Music in New York City, my old stomping grounds for being a missionary. I luckily had some friends lined up to help run the concerts at Muse Music while I was gone. Interning at Sony was a fun experience. I worked on some campaigns for Alicia Keys, Pink, and the Ting Tings. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to a full-time position like I had hoped. This was at 2008 at the height of a recession, and the music industry was hit especially hard. So as the summer ended, I moved back to Utah to figure out my next career move. I wasn't able to land any jobs in advertising or in music production, so I went back to focusing on the music venue and studio and trying to succeed with that. Creatively, I was itching to have another band, so I got together with my old drummer from Declaration and my wife Melissa, and we started Adding Machines. This time, we shifted the music style a little bit to sort of an alt-country folk rock sound along the lines of Wilco, Fleet Foxes, and The Shins. We played dozens of shows and released an EP in 2009 and a full-length album in 2011. Here's a song from the album called Baby Girl. Suburbs, everyone. 
Also happening at this time, I, I realized I better get a quote-unquote real job that I could actually raise a family on. I attended the University of Utah and earned an MBA with an emphasis on marketing. While in school, I was approached by someone interested in buying the music venue, so I sold it, which was very bittersweet. I learned a lot from the experience of running a business, and it carried fond memories for me, but it was time to move on. While I was finishing school, I had this idea for a blog and recording project called 50 Songs in 50 Weeks. True to its name, I recorded a song a week through the year of 2012 and posted the songs one at a time along with a blog post about the writing and recording process. Most of the songs were half-written tunes I had kicking around for over 15 years of making music, so I wasn't necessarily having to come up with ideas completely from scratch, but it's amazing how much recording I was able to get done with a self-imposed deadline. Since I wasn't necessarily trying to make a cohesive album, it freed me up to try out all kinds of styles. There were folk songs, techno songs, Rock songs, piano ballads, and everything in between. Here's a bossa nova style tune from the project called Lounging Around, which was song number 36. Thank you. 
After my 50-week recording marathon was over, I tried to figure out what I was going to do next. I did still have my band, but it was getting harder and harder to keep adding machines going with our shrinking audience and personal obligations. So we played our last show in 2015 and called it a day. I worked in a traditional marketing job, which I was grateful to have because it provided for my family, but I ended up playing very little music for a few years. I had done three bands and they all sort of had the same story. Play a bunch of shows, record a couple CDs, and break up after three or four years without really going anywhere. The thought of doing yet another band was really daunting. I felt like a failure. I ended up attending a few different music seminars that got me thinking about ideas, and I did some soul searching and figured out what my next move would be, something that played to my passions and could fit with my schedule. So I started the next phase of my creative life, which I could call Music Career 2.0 or Maybe it's version 5.0 at this point. Anyways, doesn't matter. What I came up with was starting two new projects. The first would be an acoustic Beatles cover duo called the Fab Folk. My friend Matt Whitehour and I were both huge Beatles fans, and we would occasionally jam on a few of their songs for fun. We got to thinking, why not try to play some shows at bars and restaurants to make a little side cash? My whole previous approach to playing live was focusing on playing all-ages clubs, which relied on us to bring an audience. By playing these gigs where the audience was already there, it took off the pressure of trying to convince our friends and fans to come to shows, not to mention it could make us more money. This scratched the itch to get out and play in front of an audience and also filled the void of missing the camaraderie of playing in a band. Eventually, we worked our way to other gigs like playing community festivals and weddings. We did some fun things with it like performing the Beatles album Revolver in concert start to finish on the occasion of its 50th anniversary and subsequently recording our own studio version of the album. Eventually, the schedule was a little much for Matt, so he stepped down and my wife Melissa took his place. We've also since adjusted our act to include non-Beatles songs like Johnny Cash, Jason Mraz, Ed Sheeran, and more. We still continue to perform this day, and it's been a fun project. It's taken us out of state on a few occasions, and the money we made has paid for our vacations. Here's a recording of Melissa and I performing the Edward Sharp song, Home.
follow you into the park Through the jungle, through the dark Girl, I never loved no one like you Boats and boats and waterfalls Alleyways and payphone calls I've been everywhere with you That's true Laugh until we think we'll die Barefoot on the summer night Never could be sweeter than with you The second project I started when I was trying to figure out the next phase of my creative life was this very podcast. I started it up at the beginning of the year in 2016. I was a fan of several music podcasts, particularly Song Exploder, and I wanted to explore the world of what it's like behind the scenes to make music. It began as a way to feature my own music, but over time I started having guests where we would have conversations about music, and some of the episodes ended up being collaborations where we would write and record songs together. Meanwhile, as this is all happening, I was slowly working on a solo album of original material. After about four years, it all finally came together and I released Good Grief in December of 2018. I played all the instruments myself and recorded everything at my house, and it was a ton of work and blood and sweat and tears to cross the finish line, but it's one of the most satisfying projects I've ever done. There are individual podcast episodes for each of the songs on this album that you can go back and listen to, but here's one of my favorite songs on the album called Invisible. It's a reworked version of a song I wrote while I was a missionary that I played earlier.
images are flashing through my mind Projects in bits of broken light All in all it's still the same Hospitals and battle scars and wars If I went, we were still alive All in all it's still the same So that brings us to today. I have a new venture I'm starting with my friend called Arches Audio. It's a stock music website for those in the media industries like TV and film. We've decided to make our music completely free for podcasters in exchange for giving us credit, which will hopefully help us get promotion. You can check it out at archesaudio.com. So what have I learned through this musical journey of mine? Pursuing your creative passions can be messy at times. Things don't always go as planned. In fact, they usually don't. And I found myself many times starting and stopping and restarting and pivoting and reassessing as I navigate the creative life and what it looks like next to everyday life, which includes obligations like paying a mortgage and raising a family. But I wouldn't trade the path I've gone for anything. I love my life and I'm grateful that I get to continue doing what I do. I still continue to set goals and push myself to work towards building a music career. It's not easy, but ultimately I've found keeping my creative passions alive to be a rewarding pursuit. Thanks for listening and following along with me on these first 100 episodes of the podcast. As far as the future of the podcast goes, I'm going to continue to release episodes, but they may be less frequent. I'm focusing more of my time and energy on launching Arches Audio, so maybe I'll put out one or two episodes every month as time allows. Feel free to check out my website, jakehaws.com, where you can download all the songs you heard on this episode and many others for free. More of my music can also be found on Spotify and Apple Music. Just search for Jake Haas and also visit thefatfolk.com to see videos of my acoustic duo and our scheduled live events. Till next time, thanks for listening.